0: an inexorable force in the cosmos where time and space converge. A place beyond man's vision, but not his reach. It is the most mysterious and awesome point in the universe. Where the here and now may be forever. And my ship, you ask? is unavoidable moving through space swallowing everything in its power radio waves light are you programmed to speak even planets and stars That man is headed straight for the black hole. What'll we do? We wait.
1: galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen and on this episode of planet eight we are once again very happy to share with you our friend and yours Lord Bloodraw. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Disney's epic or not so epic film, The Black Hole. Straight away, let's kick it over to Lord Bloodraw. Welcome back to the show, sir. Uh, my
2: lords and ladies and citizens of Planet 8, I'm always thrilled to be here. And um, <clears throat> a confession first before we start. Uh, it was my suggestion to discuss this very odd disney film (laughs) the black hole and i want to give everyone and and the planet 8 crew my sincerest apologies
3: (laughs) so you were the one i
2: was the one it's 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 totally my fault now before i mean don't you know i'm not i'm not trying to to hate on the film but uh wow what what a unique uh artifact in the disney archive and in and science fiction in general, just such a such a bizarre, strange film all the way around.
1: Well, you know, when when Lord Blood Raw and I, he messaged me and said, hey, you guys ever did a show on the black hole? I love the black hole. I, I loved it as a kid. I'm a big Disney fan and I haven't seen it for God over 15, 20 years. And it's a different movie as an adult, even as an adult child uh, versus a, a nine year old. Um, this movie came out back in 1979, Mm -hmm. uh, Walt Disney's son-in-law, Ron Miller was involved in this and he's the one that kind of (laughs) pushed it through and made it happen. Um, Peter Ellenshaw, who did all these like, um, uh, background drawings for, for Disney films, they brought him out of retirement. I mean, this was going to be like a big deal Mm -hmm. and, You know, around this time, Disney animation was kind of languishing. They they didn't really have anything. I think the Black Cauldron came out around this time. Um, It wasn't until. uh, Yeah, yeah. They were in a really bizarre place. (laughs) Um, And and look, you had the Poseidon adventure. You had uh, Earthquake. Star Wars came out. All these, you know, uh, epic films, disaster films. And Mm so the minds at Disney and, and this did get passed around to several different hands, you know, several different executives. Cause at first oh, I was yeah. like, well, let's, let's talk about, you know, space and then, well, it'd be cool to have a black hole. What if we did this? And then it, it just kind of became like, okay, mad scientist, spaceship robots, you know, a lot of, I, I think a lot of the robot stuff was inspired by star Wars. Oh,
3: easy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, if they, it basically evolved into, Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Out in space.
1: Yeah, yeah. you hit the head. Reinhardt Nail, was Nemo, yeah, Reinhardt
2: is Nemo. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It was. Um. It, well, it, it was. It was. Uh, the original concept was for a disaster film in space. Yeah. And through different permutations of of that, it was the script was handed off to different people, and things added on, and Various things were added simply because Star Wars was so popular at the time. Uh, there's a character, right. we'll, we'll get into the beginnings of the plot in a minute, but there's a character that has a um, psychic connection to one of the robots, Vincent. And I'm sure that's the influence of Star Wars. They saw Star Wars and said, hey, they can do that mind thing. Let's have, yeah. let's have the robot. <laughs> robots are good. Robots are cool. Uh, let's have one of them have a psychic link with one of the characters just because, you know, mind stuff. That's yeah, that cool. was bizarre.
4: Yeah,
5: that was one of the strangest things to me in the movie. All of a sudden, like, oh well, do your ESP with the robot. It was like, yeah. what?
3: Huh?
5: what? <laughs> Why? Why? Where's this coming from? What?
3: But you know, if we, if, we, if we take listeners, you know, we, we may have some younger listeners. I don't know, but they may all be old codgers like <laughs> younger us. Younger than but thirty or forty. If we mm-hmm. if we mm-hmm. take take all the listeners back to the early seventies disaster films were huge earthquake towering inferno tidal wave all these things were like huge and that's where like frank said that's where this started as a a disaster film in space with a black hole Mm -hmm. but i was amazed when i was reading about it how many writes and rewrites and Mm re-rewrites there were of this thing over the years because it was like early 70s disaster film evolving into late 70s Star Wars influenced sci-fi mm-hmm. and so all the iterations and writers that went through it it was just amazing yeah yeah
1: it is and it, it speaks to you know this is the flavor of the month in in the summer of 72 rewrites later to you know the fall winter of 79 the the tastes of the of the american well not i guess world cinema movie watchers had changed and so they tried to i don't know i think the the script really suffered because it, it was a almost a potluck of those ideas well, going through the years
5: right it was derivative yes.
2: absolutely. absolutely
5: but it's funny as much as it in some ways uh, you know borrows a lot from Star Wars, to me overall it had a very 1950s sci-fi feel to it in a lot of ways, especially with Mm -hmm. the characters, you know, having sort of the mad scientist who's, you know, has all these plots that he's um uh, uh, put into to motion and then the the characters uh on the palomino you have mm-hmm. sort of the brave captain you have kind of the sidekick young guy the the woman who is other than her psychic abilities with the robot i don't know what she's doing there really <laughs> um except being rescued and right. uh, you know there's a lot of what feels like 50s tropes going on in this movie
3: and you know, and you know what's funny too is back in 79 80 i i can't speak for you guys but i had hair down my shoulders and everybody had long hair back then even pictures pictures yeah even like even like mark hamill and Harrison ford in star wars their hair was fairly long mm-hmm. this one they're all like clean cut disney cuts
4: mm-hmm. yeah oh, sure. yeah that's, that's kind of the dean field. the dean
3: jones type you know looking characters of the uh, past. except Boone, for reinhardt you know.
2: whose hair was wild. well it, right, yeah <laughs> we'll see song. reinhardt was the nuts. eccentric right.
3: you know scientist guy but, <laughs> yeah. but yeah all the rest of them you know whether, whether it was uh tony perkins or whatever they all had fairly you know the real clean cut disney look right
1: well, it, it, one of the things that kind of struck me too actually before we get into that i thought it was interesting gary nelson directed this film now, he had directed some films before this for Disney, like Freaky Friday. Yeah. I remember the Freaky Friday?
3: <laughs> he did what Freaky about Friday. He'll be perfect for this. <laughs> what about
2: that movie made Disney executives say, yes, let's hand him this blockbuster science
1: fiction <laughs> epic? I mean, look, he, he directed g- episodes Gilligan's Island, Happy <laughs> Day, Hattie Duke show. Get smart. Uh, yeah, but for whatever reason, they thought, mm-hmm. okay. You know, oh, uh, what was it, Coetic County uh, later on with Johnny Cash? I mean, right. the guy had a good career. But um, he did. He
3: did. but see, a lot of times studios look and say, they don't say like, oh, this guy would be good for sci-fi. They look at him and say, this guy would be good to bring this film in on time and under budget. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. That's like their only he real consideration. Experience in doing, right, right.
5: That's They've good worked point. with him. They know him. Right. They can. I don't good know point. that he was the first... Pick, though I think some of the stuff I read it sounded like they had somebody else and that guy dropped out and he Gary Nelson became I uh,
4: the I think,
2: yeah. yes, throughout the years I'm sure there were yeah yeah so the
5: basic
2: the basic plot and the basic premise of the movie which is solid science fiction I think is um, the crew of the USS Palomino are returning from a deep space mission. And they come across a black hole, which they repeat time and time again is the most destructive force in the galaxy. Know that in this universe, the black hole, the most destructive force in the galaxy. And they see hovering on the just the, the event horizon of the black hole or close to it, um, a ship that is apparently they think it's a it's a derelict. And they cannot figure out why it's just hovering there. It should be sucked in like everything else around it. So they find out that the ship was is uh, captained by or wasn't captained by, but the only person alive now is a Dr. Hans Reinhardt, who is a Mm -hmm. member of the ship's crew who has developed a way to defy the immense gravity of the black hole and just kind of hover there. The entire crew of the ship is dead, quote unquote, and uh, basically Reinhardt is obsessed with with going into the black hole. The crew of the Palomino know if he does that, they're going to they're all going to be killed, and wackiness ensues. Now, as time goes on, oh, and by the way, well, uh, let me back up. The cast of this movie is incredible absolutely incredible max maximilian Schell, incredible actor as is hans reinhardt uh anthony perkins from psycho ernest borgnine Mm -hmm. uh and the well in the voices of the robots who were uncredited roddy mcdowell and slim pickens Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. great cast uh who all for some reason seem to be hypnotized <laughs> and are and, there they're kind of moving at like uh like three-quarter speed for some reason i don't know what it is i for, first of all and I've, I've looked for this and i can't find an explanation the entire film was adr'd so they re-recorded all of the dialogue hmm, after huh. the movie was shot
5: I wonder if it's because I I know like uh, the first Star Trek film, they had all those uh, instrument panels which had film loops behind them. And it made so much noise. They had to do a lot of ADR for all the bridge scenes. And I wonder if it was something similar with a lot of, um, you know, effects equipment on site. Yeah.
2: All the gizmos. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think. Yeah. Like uh, Forbidden Planet, too. Same thing. Robbie was so loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of the, some of that mm-hmm. had to be ADR but a lot of it was just well, yeah because I
3: was sort of reading of about the uh, about the robots and it's like you know they had they had Vincent on like a teeter totter and they'd like push him down the hallway and they'd be pushing the teeter totter up and down <laughs> so it would look like he's kind of bobbing and floating in the air <laughs> yeah and I'm sure that probably made noise yeah yeah, yeah.
2: but even even there the performances are just so. Dead. Just deadpan. Well,
1: let, let me just say, when we do our Planet 8 film, I want the three of you to put me on a teeter-totter so I look like I'm flying around <laughs> the corridor. That sounds like
3: fun. And we'll have to record all our voices after. Yeah. Because <laughs> Larry's making too much noise on the damn teeter-totter.
5: As long as he's not shooting webs out of his Well, pine. one never. Oh. yeah. <laughs>
1: That'll we're
3: be done in to... post, time. <laughs> yeah, but I was a, one thing that did me. impress me in the movie, though, was the wire work.
5: Yeah, there was and all
3: the all the zero oh, gravity yeah. scenes, and they, I was reading that they actually shot those scenes upside down, so the wires weren't they weren't like hanging from the wires. The wires were underneath them, huh. and then they paint the wires the same color as the background because you, you, there's no way to get in there with a computer and erase wires like they do now. Yeah. They had to paint them the same color as the background. And I guess they figured people would be if you're looking for wires you're looking above, right? So you're not right. concentrating below the actor to see the wires. So all those scenes where they're floating around the ship and things uh were all done upside down. And then I guess at the end when the the ship is breached and all the debris flying out and everything—that was all done in wind tunnels. <laughs> wow! Yeah, with debris wow. actually flying around. In fact, one of the actors uh, mentioned that he uh, he got struck by one of the debris, like in That's the right. eyebrow, and had to get Forster, stitched yeah. up. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, wow. Yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, that, that happens. That the the ship gets hit by uh, um, a- uh, asteroids, asteroids, and meteor meteor reaches the ship. And you've you've got the Indiana Jones classic giant rolling. boulder.
3: <laughs> yes. oh, yeah. this time it's an asteroid, which is cool. But why are they still breathing? Oh, yeah, they can definitely well, breathe in space because they, they're they all jumping in space. in space and everything else. And they can breathe in space. Is that a function of the black hole that it sucks in everything but oxygen? But yeah. I mean, does it, anybody remember Marine Boy?
2: Oh, yes. The oxygen gum.
3: Yeah, the oxygen <laughs> gum. They, they may have some of that up there in space. Could be, could be. Who knows? We
5: know Alan Dean Foster, of course, did the novelization of this. And apparently he was so aghast with all the scientific <laughs> inaccuracies that he, he was like, no, you you can't do this. You can't do this. We have to change, you know, this and this and this and this and this. Because there were so many things that just were were wrong, technically. <laughs> was, right.
4: Yeah, Yeah.
2: And, definitely. But that, that it, was it, 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 Seeing it again was the thing thing that struck me was the dead performances. And then I started thinking, especially considering the end, which we'll get to. Especially the crew. Well, the crew, yeah. (laughs) yeah,
4: Well, fair enough, yeah.
2: Were they going for a 2001 type vibe? Because, you know, you look at those performances in 2001 – which in two thousand one it works because these are trained astronauts. They're trained to, you know, you you got a problem, you go from A to B to C, and you don't mm-hmm. freak out or you're dead, you know. So those performances work in that film. And this one, a uh, Disney uh, high adventure in
3: space, it doesn't work. Well, I, I kind of that wonder
5: unevenness, right? It's yes. like, yeah. Well, I kind of wonder
3: like for? how the actual live performances compared to. ADR after, because when you're running and you're involved in the action and you're you know acting, yeah. you know you've got much more motivation than you do when you're just standing in front of a microphone and looping your voice.
2: But these are, I mean, again, the the, the cast is great, so I would think they would. I, I I'm more. I blame the director more so. I would think that if these actors were told, you know, a little bit more. We're, we're, we're given a proper feel for what the film was going for. I, I I think their performances would have been a little more lively, a little a little more interesting, and and the script can be is is kind of to blame too. I mean, it just felt like uh, they threw things in just to have the actors saying things, and there were a couple of just flat out continuity errors. There are two robots. One was on on board the. Um, uh, well, the black hole ship. What was the, the, Cygnus? the Cygnus? Thank you. Right, the Cygnus. One was on board the Cygnus, and he was a more beat up, older version of Vincent, who comes over from the Palomino. Vincent was Roddy McDowell. Uh, Bob was uh, uh Slim Slim Pickens. Yeah, they meet, and they do. Th- they meet at this robot shooting competition. <laughs> I'm yeah. not kidding you. These robots have a shooting competition. And one of them is like the gunslinger. He's all black, of course, mm-hmm. as gunslingers are. And he, they're <laughs> shooting these little balls of energy that are shot out into space. And, you know, Bob does his thing, but he beat this other guy before. So the guy, you know, doesn't like him. So the, the gunslinger robot doesn't like him, beats him up. Vincent beats the guy and beats the gunslinger robot. Robot gets so upset. That he like blows a fuse and freaks
3: out and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I think the gunslinger was—he was sort of like Yule Brenner in West Westworld.
2: Yeah, kind of, that's—I <laughs> think—that's what they were going for. Later, at the end of that scene, Bob says to Vincent, "Meet me in somewhere, some storage, whatever." They meet there, and Bob says. Hi, I'm Bob. I noticed that too. And explains his name, which is ridiculous. Bob is stands for Bio Organic Bio or, or Organic Cleanup Battalion. They really just wanted to name him Bob and tried to fill in wherever they could. You know, like Vincent is uh uh, uh, uh virtual inf- was virtual information necessary. Centralized, centralized. <laughs> it's like, man, just just name them and don't bother trying to explain
1: it. It doesn't matter. I, it needs to be more organic, like like Wally, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> or you know, like uh, 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 I am a QT.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, something
2: like that, which could have easily been Vincent's designation. But yeah, he, he introduces himself after they've already been meeting. And this robot gunslinger showed emotion. Later in the movie, they say, they, they mentioned something about, well, Reinhardt couldn't have given these robots emotion, could he? That would be insane. The robots already have emotion. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? The robots already have emotion. So they, they it felt like, Almost no one associated with this film knew what science fiction was or
1: it, it was it, it was a, a potpourri that just kind of got jumbled up and put through a cuisine art.
2: Yeah. Now, was that? Yeah. Now, was that that thing with the robots? Was that just bad editing?
5: Yeah. I wondered if they That's,
2: had they might have shifted the scene. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's possible.
3: Yeah. And so, yeah God, you know, looking at the bizarre. looking at the effects, too. You know, you just had Star Wars and of course, you know, 2001 mm-hmm. earlier in the decade. And so these effects are a little lacking as far as you know, I mean, yeah, they have some beautiful, you know, matte paintings and things, but yeah. um, you know, it's funny cuz I heard that uh, they tried to rent some of the computer gear from ILM. Right. But at the time they were using it for this this little film called The Empire Strikes Back. And so it was not available. And uh, so they had to basically create their own computerized motion cameras and things. And, you know, it's almost like they're inventing things on the fly as they were making the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The special effects Uh, weren't Just real quickly, the,
1: the black hole effect, I thought, still stood up today. And, you know, the Cygnus, that's a beautiful ship. Um, for them yeah. to throw that stuff together on whatever budget, I, kudos to whoever was responsible for that.
5: Yeah, this thing um, is, they had like a 12 foot miniature. That was yeah. pretty detailed. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought that looked yeah. good. And and the, the black hole, I mean, the exterior, those shots I thought were great. It was mm-hmm. all the kind of interior work with the, the lasers and stuff mm-hmm. that didn't. Yeah. didn't that the wire
1: work, we... work was impressive too, oh, though. Sure. I mean, with mm-hmm. Maximilian mm-hmm. and, and Vincent and. Um, like Bob had said earlier, there was no CGI, so they, they used, you know, old school techniques to make that stuff work. Right. Um,
4: right.
1: Yeah. Well,
5: and like the Cygnus was a great design, but then like the Palomino looked like an old Apollo capsule or yes. something. I was it like, what the like hell like
1: they, they ran out of money at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Right. By an old AMT uh, Apollo yeah. capsule model. And, well, uh, uh, the, even I the can, escape pod
3: I... at the end was not very inspired yeah yeah awesome. yeah exactly
1: well yeah we'll definitely get there you yeah. know one of the things even as a i guess more so as a kid but seeing ernest borgnine as a heavy i mean mikhail's navy you know he's just <laughs> and, and yeah. he wasn't like the villain but he did screw him over by taking the ship you know he was a coward yeah he,
3: yeah
1: he was well you know yeah, that was well, you, never, you never
3: saw willard or the devil's reign
1: well, and then my wife was oh. like, she hasn't seen Willard, but she's like, wasn't he one of the devils
3: in that Captain Kirk thing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, the Devil's Rain, okay. <laughs> yeah, and the
1: Captain Kirk thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The Captain right.
3: Kirk devil movie. Yeah, the yeah.
1: Cap- Kirk State <laughs> movie. Right. Where he spoke that funny language. No, that's no Esperanto. That's a different one. That's imp- yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, you know, and even the the uh, asteroid meteorite, the the Indiana Jones. I wonder if Spielberg saw that and was like, "I'm going to put that in a movie someday." Very possibly, (laughs) very possibly. I mean, it just well, in talking about like because towards the end of the movie, we'll we'll get there, but it reminded me of the Psycho trip in two thousand one. Yes, the the space battle, those those lights that they were shooting at Bob, the uh, the robots they did that later on in the next generation, Riker and Picard and whatever would shoot those. Little oh, yeah. Work- mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Target and,
1: practice. Yeah. The, um, the thing that got me too was like, um, who was responsible overall for deciding we're going to make these, the crew into like zombie robot hybrids, but they're right. still going to know enough to want to, have a funeral when one of them passes away
3: right
5: i didn't understand Very creepy
3: well you'd yeah. have to think we, that some we, of them would kind of rebel or they would you know do something well, yeah. other than just blind you know if they, if they can yeah. have a funeral and all that then they you know they've got to have some independent thought well,
1: when, when it, they pull the, the hood back and the one guy just like that was creepy that was yeah. a genuine kind of shock
2: moment for a disney film yeah <laughs>
1: but so what?
2: And uh, why did Reinhardt do that? Yeah, I why, guess he's evil. why and how? And
3: how? Well, the, the, the why is he was, needed. The why is why he needed is he a crew. Evil? But what, the how?
2: How who knows? did he he couldn't have done that all at once because we see the procedure. So mm-hmm. didn't the captain notice? Hey, we're missing
1: crew. <laughs> <laughs> The captain was we, the first one to go.
2: <laughs> Danny, where is everybody? What's what's going yeah. on here? I don't, I don't recognize these robots with the mirrored faces. What's
1: going on uh, here? This is so, the greatest mutiny in the history of science fiction. I think. <laughs> <laughs>
5: That's the thing about this film, and admittedly, for whatever reason, as a kid, I didn't see a lot of Disney films. I've had, I've done my research a little bit since then, but like it, it's so like up and down to me between. Like the goofy stuff with the robot shooting range, and then you've got like the reveal of of the zombified crew members. Or to me, the the most like disturbing thing in this film is when Maximilian kills Anthony Perkins, and Anthony right. Perkins makes a sound that is absolutely yeah. terrifying.
2: Right? Yeah, he attacks him with these <laughs> whirling blades. Yes, right it through, it right through, his through his the notebook
3: and, and then through him. And right,
2: you don't he's like, see
4: anything. Oh
2: well th- this was this was the first Disney film to be PG
4: mm-hmm.
2: so they added a lot of dams and hells in it
3: and they and wa- they had- wanted it they like went out of their way to make it PG yes and they really yeah. wanted and then they also it was it wasn't under touchstone it was under Buena Vista right so they were trying to kind of hide the Disney thing. even though it was Disney's black hole right you know the release was under Buena Vista because they didn't want people to think it was some Disney Kitty movie
2: yeah Exactly. Yeah, they like you say they went out of their way to make this more of an adult kind of kind of offering. But it, it but it's so uneven. You got the mm-hmm. goofy cute robots, then you've I, got, you know, being eviscerated by whirling blades. I mean, and the zombie nasty. Yeah, the zombie crew which was cool. I mean, that's that's a really good shock moment and mm-hmm. and really good makeup underneath that mirrored Mere don't. Yeah, no,
3: it's definitely
2: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So generally uneven, uh, all the way around, and you know, hijinks ensue on board the ship. They find out that the crew has been zombified, and that the you know, uh, that Reinhard has essentially murdered these people. They're still alive, but they're under they're under his will, and uh, he's he's obsessed with going into the black hole. They think that they're you know all gonna get killed. If they go into the black hole. And uh, ultimately, the Palomino is stolen by uh, Ernest Borgnine's character, who was a journalist. Yeah.
5: Yeah, that was odd. And yeah, a journalist plan? on journalist. a long
2: space mission. <laughs> 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 it's like, what? <laughs> well, oh, you know what, though? And it's just dawned on me. I can't really make too much fun of that, because in the novel, Planet of the Apes, the person who ends up being the, the, the Taylor character... Was a journalist who went along on the this first uh, like long no, range mission. That's so a good one. I can't really fault that too much. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they the ship ends up going into the black hole. Now, an article I read on the production of this movie, they basically said up until like a couple of days before they filmed the ending, they had no ending. The last <laughs> line in the script was, they go into the black hole. That's all they knew. They're going into the black
3: hole. But they actually shot two endings, right?
2: Is that? No, I, had, I, had, I hadn't found that.
3: Yeah, no, I fruit. read I think it was the same article. They actually <sighs> they had one concept where they got permission to shoot in the S- Sistine Chapel in oh, Italy. God, you yes, right. You're and right, there was right, a scene right. where I guess... The camera comes out of Adam's eye and then you see the painting on the ceiling of the 16th chapel. Right. And what was it? Yvette Mimou's character? I believe so. I I think, think, you know, puts the finger out and like touches the finger. like. And they shot the whole thing. They went to Italy and shot everything. And then they decided to go with this other ending, which I think was the one you were going to talk about. Right, but they rejected
2: that ending that you're talking about because they didn't want to get that biblical. Right. So, however, instead, uh, <laughs> Doctor Reinhardt, who had previously been thrown out into space, sucked mm-hmm. just sucked out into space with where his oxygen you gum, can still breathe. Well, you, uh, I don't know.
5: <laughs> yeah, because he had the thing collapse part of the ship collapsed on him, right? Oh no, that's right. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he was pinned under. Uh, he was crushed. Under yeah, spots. he was crushed. That's right. He
2: wasn't. Yeah, because going on the space doesn't kill you in this movie. So uh, <laughs> they go into the black hole and they go through a trippy kind of uh, like Star Trek wormhole kind of a thing where they're having past memories and their
4: I trails are like like all on acid. And thing.
2: That's what they were going for. They were trying to. They were trying to make. Uh, yeah, this, you know, right. A visual trip like like the end of two thousand. Yeah. So uh, after all that nonsense happens, you see Reinhardt kind of floating through space and he turns and he sees Maximilian. Yeah. So he goes close to Maximilian, kind of embraces him. And the next shot is, excuse me, you see Reinhardt looking out through the eye
3: slot of Maximilian. Yeah. yeah so Max Maximilian's shell accident. ended up in Maximilian's shell. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well done. Well
3: done.
2: <laughs> so close up on the face, and you see Reinhardt looking out through the, the the eye slit of Maximilian, which is a beautiful design for a robot. I like Maximilian a lot. Yeah. yeah they slowly too. back out, and Maximilian is standing on this jutting like Rock on this this mountaintop against a red sky. Keep going back. There are flames, and uh, and below you see these kind of natural rock bridge formations with these figures in black cloaks marching past and out even further than off off to the corner. You can kind of see their faces, and they all look like the zombified crew of the Cygnus. And it's obvious they are in hell.
4: Yes.
2: They're in hell, right? Yes. Then, out of nowhere, this crystalline (laughs) crystalline kind of uh, arch appears that goes off into infinity. An angel flies down this hallway to the end and the crew of uh, the Palomino, because they got back on the Palomino, wake up on the other end of the black hole. They're fine. And they're flying towards a planet. That was the end. That and was the even end. at my age, when I saw the movie, because I saw it when it premiered, I just went, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Si-? So they they flew through heaven and hell. To, uh, really? You're going to go with that?
1: Well, that- I, I, I walked out of the movie as a kid, thinking, "Great, two thousand one, all over again." Ah.
2: <laughs> I thought Ooh. they were—they're were trying for two thousand—they're <laughs> trying for two thousand one, but what? What just happened?
1: You know, I, yeah, I, I, I often ask myself, ah. you know, "Was it the, when worlds collide and they get to that?" Like sanctuary planet at the end yes. of the film, you know. So were these guys? Was it heaven, or were they meant to repopulate this new world and this new universe? Or it was left very vague. And and talking about you know the the we don't want to go too religious. Well, you've gone there, people. Yeah, yeah, but you're there. That would have been the better ending. Yeah, yeah, it's Wouldn't yeah have made that much well, sense, but it would have from... been the better ending,
2: <laughs> right? Now, from what I understand, there was a um, very limited comic book series that the first few episodes, or first few issues were uh, retelling of the movie. But then it goes on to them reaching this planet and uh, meeting the inhabitants of the planet and their adventures. And it went, only went like, I think, two issues into that and then got canceled. And- so they were mm-hmm. at least in the comic book they were trying to you know uh to, trying to extend the story and if the movie had done better they could have extended the story because now yeah they have no idea where they are well it would have been lost in space at this point right
3: <laughs> yeah it would, have,
2: it would have been lost in space
3: so was the comic book company uh,
2: gold
1: key say, or? i believe gold key <laughs> i think gold key which you know, of course you know it makes sense. Yeah. I wonder if they, I can't imagine that they, after building, well, but they destroyed most of the sets that they built, not wanting to have a franchise. Such such as what they tried to do with Tron and that sequel didn't happen for another 15 years. Um, unfortunately, Disney didn't do that well in the science fiction uh, film department for a few <laughs> years there.
4: Oh.
5: I uh, I watched a video <laughs> There's a guy, the Scottish guy has a video all about the ending. And uh, to be honest, I I, I can't tell you exactly what he was talking about because I turned it off pretty quickly. But (laughs) he's talking about how uh, you're not sophisticated enough. If you don't understand the ending, then you're not sophisticated (laughs) enough because it's all right there. It's all right there. (laughs) Open your eyes, people. (laughs) Open your damn eyes. (laughs) That is right. The man was in hell because because of <laughs> what he was doing. Everything he did led him to where he was. Oh. I'm like, okay, oh, sure,
1: God, sure. Thank you Jean-Paul and Sartre. They, they oh put him God. in the red robot because the big man, he wouldn't fit in that wee little robot. That's <laughs> for <Poor> Bob. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we don't know what happened to Bob and Vincent though, man. They just uh, they disappeared. They didn't Vincent, make it to heaven or hell.
2: Vincent was on board the Palomino. So Vincent, Vincent made it. Vincent was well, it was Boston an
5: escape ship, right? Yeah. Cuz well, Palomino
2: sure, got
3: yeah, Palomino heaven. got blown up. It's
5: all confusing. So. <laughs> oh my god.
2: Hey, look, I'm going to be honest with you. The last uh t- 15 20 minutes of this film, I was bobbing in and out of consciousness. I was
5: <laughs> so, Honestly. I, I, was- I had to spread it over two nights cuz yeah, yeah, I kind of
3: yeah, well, yeah well, I, I totally yeah, fell asleep during it. the first viewing and then I had to watch it again. In fact, I watched it last night. <laughs> but uh, one thing I will say, if I want to be positive about the film, sure, even though it's kind of out in place, out of place in some scenes, I love John Barry. So to get oh, John Barry to do say, the score,
5: I was going to say yeah, I great. felt like he, it was a mismatch for this movie, to be well, honest. I
3: thought, I thought the theme, when you're watching the very beginning and they it's have the great. theme, that theme is great. And I wish he would have, like, kind of repeated that theme throughout the movie, but that's the only time you yeah. you hear it is during the, the opening credits. Yeah. Um, I, but that I, was, like, really the really highlight did. of the soundtrack.
5: I, I I felt there were scenes where it needed to be livelier and it was sort of dragging, but that's kind of the whole movie. It's kind of... I, I almost thought if they had a livelier soundtrack, it might have helped with the less emotive acting and
1: uh, just... a less crappy soundtrack. But the film was crappy. So <laughs> what well, was
5: interesting too about the that it had an overture. Both Star Trek: Motion oh, yes. Picture it's and right, Black Hole right. were the last films to have overtures.
2: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah. I watched it on Disney, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They had an overture for this. I remember. Because I thought, I thought for a minute something was wrong with
5: the TV. I didn't, me too. I was, I was like, like wait a minute, there's no picture.
3: Right. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I commented to Lieutenant Debbie. I'm like, well, that's one way to save budget on the effects. <laughs> We're in the black hole right now. Yes. <laughs> right. Nice.
5: It's very black. If you don't understand, then you're not sophisticated enough.
3: Yes. <laughs> Well, if you don't understand the ending, you're not going to understand the beginning.
5: You can't have any pudding.
3: (laughs) It's like enjoying a fine piece of haggis. Either you get it or you
2: don't. The problem isn't understanding the ending, it's asking why
1: would you put that
2: ending.
5: It's not what, it's why.
1: Why? You feel the ending. It's meant to be for the heart, not the head. (laughs)
5: That's the thing. It's visually, it's very compelling. And you, you remember that ending because you're sitting there going, what the? <laughs> so that in, in that sense, it succeeds because you're stuck with that ending in your head. And as a kid, I could only imagine, cause I, you know, seeing it as an adult, I'm just like, wow, that's pretty weird. But as a kid, if you saw that as like an eight year old or something, that'd be pretty shocking.
3: We, yeah, if you're a kid and you didn't see 2001,
1: the, yeah, it makes me think of like shows like Battlestar Galactica or Lost. They they write themselves into a corner, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, how do you end it? You know, okay, you you, you see the black hole, you are mad scientists and robots and ships blowing up because of asteroids. Poor timing on going through the black hole. You plan to do it right in the middle of an asteroid. Yeah, all that time, but. No asteroid. You
3: know, they they could have always gone on to do uh, the black hole 1980.
4: (laughs) That
3: That was that was Galactica's answer. (laughs) We'll do (laughs) Galactica 1980.
5: Now with motorcycles
3: and white
4: uniforms, motorcycles.
5: That's right. Well, it Um, does. This does make me think of Event Horizon, um, mm, which was
2: a that was a weird movie. Now mash up these two movies. What a double feature.
3: <laughs> now, the Black Hole was made for, what was it, about $20 million, right? Um, and then I, I, think, I think they so. made 35 at the box office. So it was like a minimal, you know, it's like, well, we kind of broke even, sort of. But they were they, Black Hole was released just like two weeks before, two weeks after uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture.
1: Yeah, I think two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Which was which was a
3: much bigger budget, but also made more money. But
1: did Moonraker come out in '79? Was it the summer of
3: '79 or the fall? Uh, fall, I believe. (sighs) Yeah, and when you think about both of these, both of those
2: movies, the Black Hole and Star Trek: The Motion Picture, both, of course, on hot on the heels of the original Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. They both decided to go in a slightly different direction because Star Wars, just wild space fantasy adventure with with Star Trek and Black Hole. They both decided, no, let's go a little more somber, a little more serious, a little more 2001-ish mm-hmm. with that. I can kind of understand that with Star Trek
4: mm-hmm. <clears throat>
2: because Roddenberry... And talking about the, make, the wanting to do a motion picture, said I want to do something big <laughs> and important, and um, like a real kind of mind trip of a of a movie for this for the first Star Trek film. So I can understand that, but Disney not opting to do just a wild adventure, just just uh, you know. Uh, I-
1: I think it's the rewrites. Yeah, go back to rewrites that heard it. One of the criticisms I will say, because I love the motion picture, um, it was almost like a retelling of the Changeling, that episode. Oh, a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the creator, creator is this it? It's like Jim. Do not tell him you're not the Kirk. (laughs) You know that (laughs) it was almost a retelling of that story. Um. The other thing with the motion picture that that hurt them is they had, you know, a, a television series that was being worked on, then not going to be worked on, then worked on in tandem with the motion picture starting up. And then, you know, it stopped going into production. And then, you know, do we have Nimoy? Do we not have Nimoy? What yeah. do we do with Zahn? Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit, little bit The, the with, with the black hole. Man, I mean, you got to say something about casting, because like we talked before, those are some solid actors and actresses that they had. And mm-hmm. I just didn't, you know, um,
2: Again, I, I got to blame the director, because you if you yeah. direct those actors, you give them a good script and you give them proper direction. They they deliver Ernest Borgnine, yeah. Maximilian Schell, they, Robert Forrester, even mm-hmm. they, they deliver. Know. They deliver, so I I blame them. And by the way, you mentioned, again, um, you mentioned Zahn. Can we have a moment of sympathy for that poor actor who was (laughs) going to be the next Spock? He was going to be in the new TV series. Then he was going to be in the movie. And then Nimoy said, "Okay, I'll come back. And that actor played a minor role at the beginning of the thing and then
1: disappeared off the face of the earth.
5: Commander Branch.
1: Yes, yeah, that <laughs> poor guy. A, a Planet 8 moment of silence.
5: Yes.
3: Um, <laughs> what a could a, a. What a coulda Poor guy, yeah.
1: So and let I, me ask you guys now, if if you were to uh, be contacted by the brass at Disney, uh, specifically Kevin Feige, like, you know, we've, we've done this stuff for Marvel and, you know, we're, we're doing stuff for Star Wars, but you know, Lord Bloodrock here and Bob. I, I want you to work with me personally on a sequel or a reimagining of the Black Hole. What do you pitch?
2: I I pitch a remake with mm-hmm. some interesting characters in those slots. That's, that's and, a, and a good director <laughs> and a good director. Yeah, but I, uh, I I I give the I give the characters interesting interesting quirks i make the the personalities interesting i uh try to slot in some more adventurous uh set pieces even on even on board the ship uh make the robots just plain robots i mean you know come on with the (laughs) just i even you know after after the original Star Wars just we got such a glut of cute robots I'm tired of cute robots no more <laughs> <laughs> but um, just because like I said at the top the premise is solid it starts out almost like a mystery how yeah. is that ship staying there how is that possible how is that happening so make it a bit more of a a, a bit more of an uh, a solving a mystery saying with more action adventure to it and cut out any kind of religious (laughs) (laughs) iconography when and if they go into the black hole it might have been a better it might have been a better um ending just for them to get the hell away from the black hole because that's the disaster right i mean you know in in the towering inferno nobody wants to jump into the fire (laughs)
4: <laughs>
2: they're trying to get out of there right? right so that you know maybe go back to the original roots as uh as a space disaster film okay and it re- from that angle
1: well let me ask you this because we didn't really talk about it so we know about bob we know about vincent i love that they didn't explain why maximilian was called maximilian
2: yeah thank god they they they
1: could not come up with
2: a
5: Right, mobilized, armored, zero. <laughs> and it was like, oh my god! Just but, uh, but they
3: also have yeah. that. They also have that weird, unexplained throwaway line, where Reinhardt goes to Kate and says, "Save me from Maximilian." Yes,
4: right,
2: right.
3: But nothing's ever made of that, or it's never explained, or whatever. It's just save right. me from Maximilian.
2: Yeah. And that was an improv line from Maximilian Schell. He huh. just improv that line. So the director said, "Yeah, put it in." He said he said something.
3: Use it. Go ahead. It sounded cool. (laughs) Keep it in. It sounded cool.
5: Another thing they didn't build off of was uh, Yvette Mimyo's father was supposed to have been on that ship. Right. He was an officer on the ship, but it's like, oh, well, he died. And it's like, well, they could have, you know, he could have still been there or he could have maybe... They could have built something where he, his expertise was actually needed so he wasn't zombified. There you go. And, there you know, you they had to rescue him, do something like that, which put a little more personal stakes.
2: There you go. In
5: He's this in story.
2: Some engineering bay down below, chained there or right. something. Yeah.
1: There you go. What, what if his body is dead, but his brain was kept alive to help run some significant part of the ship that on the event like horizon? That.
5: Well, and her yeah. psychic
1: ability senses her father's presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: I was just thinking, what if the technology that Reinhardt invented to keep them from going into the gravity well needed some of these psychic powers mm-hmm. that the people might have had on the ship so maybe the zombification was actually about harnessing these psychic powers in some way harness maybe he actually takes that part of the brain out and puts it in some sort of or biocomputer or something and that's
2: some some way to to use Cons- consciousness itself mm-hmm. is the secret to being able to travel through the black hole. And yeah. Then, yeah, so you get kind of a trippy, almost spiritual, but not biblical religious right. with it. Yeah, there but you it, go.
5: It makes his crime even more heinous. Like yes. his, te- not, his technology is more forbidden because of how he attains right.
3: it.
2: Right, right. We have fixed the black hole, folks. All <laughs> right. right, let's go to Disney. <laughs> we have done it. We're ready Somebody to get Disney on the phone.
3: I would say straight up to Kevin Feige, just do yourself a favor and go make another Avengers movie or something, and just don't <laughs> don't worry about the black hole. Just <laughs> leave it in the past. It's been done. Yes,
2: not like he's looking for properties right now. Yeah, yeah. you're not well, I, that
3: desperate. I,
1: I, I agree with uh, I think we fixed the black hole. I think collectively, and I do have Kevin Feige on the line, Chief. Can you hit the green button and bring him in, uh, <laughs> Feige? Thank you very much. Welcome to Planet Eight. Um, <laughs> Have we got a movie for you, Kevin?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, come on, chief! It's not like we're trying to sell him a camera film. Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey. I'll tell you though, your whole idea about a consciousness running the ship and all that—it's been done, Captain Harlock. Oh sure. That's it's the whole premise done. behind it.
5: It's just <laughs> the way it's you do time. it. How do you dress it exactly. up?
3: Exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the whole premise behind the Arcadia, yeah.
4: Some,
5: uh, nobody's seen some that some stuff, pop. Bob.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, was it
2: uh, uh not Vex, Vex? The show uh, where the 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 sh- the ship is alive, Vex, not Vex. I cannot. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Oh, Voyager, so. Hex, Hex. Mean? It was something the European
5: like, thing with the chick with the
2: the blue chick,
5: yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the name Max, of it either. Axe,
2: ax? people are screaming at there. Many
5: years ago. right now. <laughs> many years and many brain cells Lex, ago. Uh, Lex. Lex, Lex. Lex. Yes. Lex. Yeah.
1: Anyway, how about far
3: well, that my stand? friend? Now, now, before that, I, Larry had a Larry had a little thing before we even started recording. <laughs> where you had a black hole experience at disneyland right oh
1: right yeah they this was the summer after the film had um had come out might have been the spring and um they had the advertisements and stuff around the space mountain ride at disneyland and um you know they didn't have any music or It would have been cool if they had like Maximilian inside the ride, welcome you onto the ship. But it just added a little extra oomph to the to the Space Mountain ride. For those of you that have ridden it, there's a little black hole up in the upper left corner and then you go swinging around the galaxy in the cars. But, uh, yeah, it was cool. And, you know, you never know. I mean, they're they're building a, a Tron cycle at Disney World. There's one, I think, in Shanghai. Disneyland. Uh, who knows? We may yet get a uh, a ride on the Cygnus, avoiding uh, asteroids, meteors. <laughs> Could be. Could be. You know that was one of the great things about Uncle Walt. You know he he did a made-for-TV movie about the Matterhorn, and well, let's sell the product and let's build a Matterhorn in my park. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, they, they've built an entire Avatar Land and um, Avatar. Really?
1: Yeah. They, they did. Now, you know, the Avengers campus and Well whatever, Avengers so. is a hot
5: yeah, property. That makes sense. Yeah, so but I mean, they're making more Avatar service.
3: movies, but I have no idea why.
5: I don't know. James <laughs> yeah. Cameron has nude pictures of people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron uh, bought Walt Disney's uh, frozen head at auction and holding it for <laughs> ransom. Well, my friends, with, with that being said, <laughs> I've no more juggling or webs to shoot. So uh-huh. uh, um, <laughs> we've come to that part in the program for our um, sensor sweep. And uh, Lord Blood Raw, want to give the mic over to you. You have some uh, some fun information to share with our listeners.
2: Yeah, we've got a, a couple of things coming up. Uh, the Creatures Con Big Convention event this Mm, year mm. has 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 been canceled again we thought it was just kind of the best decision given the ongoing uh lessening but still ongoing virus situation excuse me and um in lieu of that we'll be doing um a show at the orinda theater in orinda california on saturday august 7th called the universal monster party And we're going to be celebrating 90 years of the Universal Monsters. Dracula and Frankenstein, Lugosi's Dracula, Karloff's Frankenstein, came out in 1931, both in the same year. Uh, Yeah, and 90 years ago. And of course, they kicked Mm -hmm. off the whole Universal Monster universe. So we're doing an all-day event, Saturday, August 7th at the Orinda. Uh, We're showing the original Dracula, the original Frankenstein, and the film that Kickstarted, or not kickstarted, but uh, revitalized the monster uh, franchise in 1941, The Wolfman with Lon Cheney Jr. <laughs> and our special guest will be David J. Scal, whom, uh, if you've seen um, the extras on all of the Universal official releases of the film, he's the filmmaker that did the documentaries there. He's also the author of The Monster Show, mm-hmm. uh, Definitive History, Cultural History of Horror, Death Makes a mm-hmm. Holiday, The History of Halloween. Very learned, great guy. Really excited to um, welcome as a, him as a special guest. And our other special guest will be none other than the mighty John Stanley, the host of, uh, oh, nice. of Future Features after Bob Wilkins. And uh, tickets are available now. It's an all day event. Oh, plus we're going to have vendors, a costume contest, uh, an after party called the I Never Drink Wine Party right there at CineCouvet right next <laughs> door. Uh, and tickets are available now at CreaturesCon.com. You can check that out. Uh, I'm still doing the show, Lord Blood Nerve Racking Theater, now in its uh, 11th uh, season. You can go to LordBloodDraw.com to, uh, to uh, find where you can uh, see that show. And I'm very honored to say that I've been nominated for the Horror Host Hall of Fame.
4: Thank you very much. Yeah. I'm,
2: right. I'm really, really honored to be to be nominated for that. Yeah, but definitely I, we have a feeling that the creature that the, the um, Universal Monster Party is probably going to sell out and selling out is a moving target now because we're waiting to see what the capacities will legally be by
1: mm-hmm. August.
2: So definitely go to CreaturesCon.com and get your tickets for that. That's going to be that's going
1: to be a great day. It's going to be fun. That yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. If it weren't for the fact that I was going to be off world that weekend, I, I would most definitely be there.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll
1: be thinking of you.
4: <laughs> we
1: appreciate you being on the show again, Lord Blood uh, Raw. Thank always you. a pleasure. Anytime.
2: Anytime. It's always great
1: to be here. And uh, look, listeners, keep your thrusters handy, uh, your button on the thrusters. You don't want to fly in through that event horizon. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But if you do, (laughs) report back to us let us know if if, uh, the film was accurate, will you? Yeah. (laughs)
3: Let us know if you wound up in heaven or hell.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Take care, everybody. On that note, this will conclude this transmission from Planet 8. We would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at wwwplanet where you can get more information on this episode's
3: topic.
5: For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast.
3: Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet podcast
1: We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission.
0: By George, he's got it. It is the end.